everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And today we have such an interesting interview for you with the founder of Clark's Botanicals, which is uh, one of our favorite beauty brands. We're obsessed with the moisture mask. Um, and we're hearing from the founder about his personal story that led him to found the brand. Yeah, it's. I think it's I, – I cried a little bit while we were interviewing him. It's such a moving story. Truly. But before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Knight, the makers of our all-time favorite pillow, the face mask we reach for most, and our favorite scrunchies. Bad on Paper listeners can take 20% off site-wide with the code BOPNIGHT at discovernight.com. So Grace, before we get into this interview, how are you? What's your high? Um, I don't know. I'm feeling like very even keeled. I think my high is probably just getting my apartment situated. I've been talking to a handyman, so I'm going to get my TV hung up this week, which is very exciting because I miss my Netflix. And like get my gallery wall hung up over my couch and just making slow but steady improvements on the on the new place. I want to see pics. I haven't seen I haven't seen updated pictures since you started to unpack. There isn't really much more to share yet. I mean, I can show you like my bedroom, which is like a bed with like, it's it's not looking great yet. It's not, okay. it's not, it's not share worthy yet. <laughs> okay. Well, send me a picture of your gallery wall when it goes up. That sounds, that sounds share worthy. Yeah. I'll post that when it goes up. Okay. Um, it's just, everything's taking longer than I thought. I mean, things just move more slowly in the South. So um, it's not like you can just like task rabbit somebody and have them come over and oh, do it for you. don't have task rabbit there? I actually don't know. I got a recommendation for my building. Like they have a guy who like knows all the building rules really well. Like because with the the TV, it can go through the the wall. Like they have a way of doing it, but I have to get their person to do it. Be- I don't know. They, there's just rules. Okay. I've never lived in a big building. We in our in the building that we lived in, we could kind of do whatever we wanted. Oh yeah, like I I probably could <laughs> knock out a wall and then just be like, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'll put it back. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't care. <laughs> yeah. How about you? I, I don't have a lot new to report. It's only been a couple of days since we last recorded. Um, so I did actually turn in that script that I had due on Monday. Amazing. Um, yes. And I'm really excited about it. I feel like it's really great. It's so different than rom-com pods. It's so, so different. So I'm excited to share something that's in a completely different vein. Yeah. And again, I feel so... I feel so bloggery when I'm like, I can't talk about it. <laughs> My secret project. Did um, you see that? The Daily Tay. She's very funny on Instagram. I don't know if you follow her, but she I did don't. something a while ago, a reels about her secret rip project. And she was just like, it's my secret project. <laughs> I forget what she even said, but it was so funny. I was like, yeah, I've been there. I feel so stupid because it is something that's so – it's taking up so much of my time and it's so present in my life, but then I can't really talk about it in specifics outwardly. So – but you I, like I legally it. like can't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not being a jerk. So yeah. Anyway, I turned the script in, which was really exciting. And then last week I was complaining about being in a reading rut. And I, I think I kind of broke through. So on uh, over the weekend, I read a book and a half, which feels it's the most reading I've done in like a month and a half. So yeah. Feeling like myself. That's great. What about on the low front? I don't really have one. I just feel really disorganized and out of control. Um, I am somebody who thrives on feeling in control and just having everything very buttoned up and organized. (laughs) And there is no order in my life right now. Like, I'm like, what time is it? What day is it? I hear you. Yeah. And I've had a lot of work deadlines on top of like the moving stuff. And I'm just like, well, like, let's just hope that everyone keeps wanting to work with me after this after this month. I feel like people will be very understanding, especially, I mean, your audience, but especially brands that you work with a lot. Like you've been very upfront about your move. Yeah. I've just been like, everything's a little crazy. I might need an extra day to get you that draft or I don't know, just like things like tracking down photographers and stuff. Um, I have a bunch that I work with down here, but at one point, like everyone was out of town and I was like, um, <laughs> dad, can you help me take this picture? <laughs> he did great. He did great. <laughs> oh, Bill. <laughs> That's the one thing where I like sometimes I'm I like don't think I would want to have an Instagram husband like I like the idea of like I'd want my partner to have his own separate business and his own stuff going on. But sometimes you're like, man, it would be great to just have someone who could take my picture whenever I needed it. Well, that's your Instagram dad. Yeah. <laughs> what about you for a low? Um, my low is just I'm feeling very unsurprisingly, I'm feeling very depleted motivation wise. Mm-hmm. 
And you've had so much work. I have had so much work and I kind of did myself a disservice where I just like I set myself up for failure in that I we turned in the script on Monday. I was really hoping we would be able to turn it in Sunday night so then I didn't have to like wake up Monday morning and like deal with it and I could just sleep in and be off my plate. Yeah. And of course I couldn't. And then I was going to take the rest of Monday off and I I had some, some errands to run and I had some work that I had to do. So I didn't end up taking Monday off at all. And then today is Tuesday and I've just been like running around. So I feel like I've gotten no downtime. And I feel like I'm in this vortex where I have all these things to do, but I don't feel motivated to do them and I don't feel like I'm doing them well. I'm just kind of like going through the motions, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been there. <laughs> I feel like I am there a little. <laughs> I'm excited for later this week. I'm going to be up in Maine, and my my goal was just to write, but I might take some time off while I'm up there to just, like, read a book and, like, reset a little because I'm feeling motivation-wise just, like, very scraping bottom. Yeah, that makes sense. So before we get into this interview, let's take a quick ad break to talk about Night. So if you've been yes. listening for any amount of time, you've definitely heard us talk about this brand, which is because we're completely obsessed And we want to talk to you about gifting today because Mother's Day is coming up. Yes. So I've been sleeping with my night pillow for about five years now, long before they became a podcast advertiser. And I have been a lifelong insomniac. So as soon as I started using this pillow, I noticed a huge difference in my sleep. It's a memory foam pillow, which means it gently cradles your head and bounces back whenever you roll over. So you never end up with that flat pillow pancake. And it also has serious skin and hair benefits because of the silk pillowcase. So first thing is that silk is not absorbent. So your pillowcase stays cleaner and it doesn't soak up all your beauty products or any grime from the day that might be on your face, which means that it doesn't clog your pores. And silk also promotes optimal moisture levels for both your skin and your hair. And on the hair front, what that means is that silk is more gentle, so it doesn't tug at your hair, which minimizes breakage. And it also means that your hairstyle will last longer without getting foiled by bedhead. Yes. So if you're trying to think of what maybe you should get your mom for Mother's Day, I think this would actually be the perfect gift. So two years ago, I got my mom the night pillow for Mother's Day. I also got it for my dad because um, my dad's birthday is like right around the same time as Mother's Day. Um, And she loved it. I feel like my mom is just one of those people who kind of has everything. Um, And I also just like give her everything. Like I get beauty products sent to me or like I have extra clothes and I give them all to my mom. And um, something she didn't have was the perfect pillow. So I got her this and she loved it. And I would recommend bundling it with one of the really pretty silk pillowcases. They come in so many gorgeous colors. And I just think that's like a nicer way to, to present it. Yeah, I agree. It's such a good gift because it's a little bit of luxury that might be more than your mom would be willing to spend on herself. But you also know that it's something that they're going to use every single day because it's literally your pillow. So I think that's a total gifting win-win. So if you want to be a gifting hero this Mother's Day, we think night would be the perfect gift. And you can take 20% off site-wide with code BOPNIGHT at discovernight.com. So again, head to discovernight.com and take 20% off site-wide with code BOPNIGHT. Back to the episode. Francesco Clark is the founder of Clark's Botanicals. If you've listened here before or you read my blog, you already know that Clark's is a brand that we both really, really love, especially that moisture mask. But what you might not know is the incredible story behind the brand. So when Francesco was 24 years old, he dove headfirst into a swimming pool, crashing at the bottom and becoming paralyzed from the neck down. Surgeons told his parents that he would never breathe, talk, or move his arms again on his own. One other side effect was that he became unable to sweat, which dramatically impacted his skin. Francesco enlisted the help of his father, a medical doctor who's also trained in homeopathy, to help him heal his skin. We're going to talk more about this in the episode, but from there, five years plus 78 formulations, Clark's Botanicals was born. Francesco likes to joke that vanity saved his life, but in this case, it's the truth. Francesco, we're so happy to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. We were talking about this before you before we started recording, but I think you're only the fourth man that we've ever had on our podcast. So you're part of a very elite crew. It's a very elite crew. The inner inner circle. The very yes. inner circle. Yes. So before we get going, tell me quickly, how are you doing? How has life been for you in the pandemic? Um, life is good now. I mean, it's springtime in New York. I'm in Westchester, half an hour north of Manhattan. So 
I'm really enjoying the fact that we can start to go outside and enjoy the outdoors. And um, I went to the Met Museum last weekend and Central Park, and it's there were people everywhere. Um, so everybody's loving, you know, this warmer weather here. I know it's completely changed my mood. I feel like the pandemic has made me realize how um, tied my mental state is to both physical activity in terms of going for a walk and how much that changes my mood. And then also just the weather. I totally agree. I'm the same way. Yeah. And cookies. I mean, I, I just have been eating a lot of homemade cookies too. So that helps. Oh, what kind? So we made sugar cookies and my uh, niece made um, sugar cookies with lemon icing. Yeah. Yum. She added some natural lavender to some of the icing, which was delicious. Oh, wow. That's that's high end. Yes. That's fancy. She makes me fancy. <laughs> so, Francesca, we've introduced you, but we'd love to hear it in your own words. Could you briefly walk us through col- like af- the, your time after college and then the time that you spent working as a fashion assistant in the magazine world? And then kind of talk to us about how you got to where you are today. I was working my dream job. Um, I started at Conde Nast and then I was recruited to work at Harper's Bazaar. Um, And I worked in the fashion department and um, I got to see what it meant to be a visionary um, and really have your, make your dreams a reality. Um, Looking at, you know, New York Fashion Week and then understanding couture, um, you know, working with stylists and different fashion editors at Harper's Bazaar felt like I could dip my toes into what it meant and what it means to be an entrepreneur. Um, but ultimately, it was all about having this drive and um, materializing your dreams. So after a year at Bazaar, I was promoted and it was Memorial Day weekend. And I had a summer share house in Long Island with friends of friends of friends so complete strangers. And I was at the house for more, no more than two or three hours. And there was a pool at the house. And for some reason, the metal ring ladder that they normally put in the deep end, they had put in the shallow end. I've gone swimming my entire life. Um, I dove into what I thought was a deep end. And then I realized it was a shallow end. And my chin hit the bottom of the pool with such force that my head snapped back. And it shattered my um, C3, C4 vertebrae, um, in my spine, which is about two inches above that little bump in the back of your neck. I was paralyzed in the blink of an eye. My eyes were open. I was awake. My arms were splayed to my side and I could see the little bubbles floating up from my mouth. And all I could think is you are an idiot because I knew that from that point on, my life had changed. And all I could hear was my mother's voice um, telling me, do you realize how much work you're going to have to do to get better? So I was alone and I was essentially drowning face down in a pool. Somebody walked into the house, saw me floating, lifted my head above the water. And I said, call 911, you just saved my life. They didn't believe that anything was wrong with me because I didn't have, there was not a drop of blood. There was no bruise. There was nothing. I looked the same as I did before, just that now I was completely paralyzed. And this is when fight or flight took over. And for me, fight took over. And so I was helicoptered over to SUNY Stony Brook in Long Island. And the surgeon said I had a 19% chance of surviving not only the surgery, but the next two years of my life. And I just kept thinking of what I needed to do to survive the next 30 minutes of, of my life. So eventually I got on the phone with my parents and my mother said, as long as I can hear your voice, I know that you're going to be okay. And now that I've heard your voice, we're going to be by your side. We're going to take the next plane up. They were on vacation in Florida and they flew up from Florida the next day after I came out of surgery. But before going to surgery, the surgeon said that I had to sign my my life away pretty much to the next of kin because I would not survive. I know it was crazy. I woke up from surgery the next day and my parents were by my side and the surgeon said the same thing to my father that he had said to me, except that he didn't realize that my father is a medical doctor. And my father looked at him and said, I hope you don't speak to your other patients like this. 
So then my mother looks at me, and in Italian she said, Sposta qualcosa, move something. And I twitched my shoulder. And then my mom looked back at the surgeon and she said, you don't know Francesco. But it was the first time since I dove into the pool that I didn't feel alone now that they were by my side. And the sense of support that you have from your family is something that really can lift you out of anything, I felt like, and I've experienced. And so I felt like I finally was not alone. And to have somebody like my Italian mother say that I was going to be okay, of course I was going to be okay. And so then I started to think like, okay, what are the little things that I can do each day to get off of life support so that I'm not on um, a ventilator? I was intubated. I had tubes, one going up my nose. I had tubes attached to my fingers. I had, I mean, it was, it was, you feel very robotic. And I was on it for about two weeks. Um, my left lung had collapsed. My left local cord um, stopped working. And when they were going to take the breathing tube out, the doctor and the nurses said to my mother, there's a high probability that he won't be able to breathe on his own. Are you sure you want to take this risk? And my mom said, yes, that's what he would want. And luckily my diaphragm started to work again. My left lung was still collapsed. And so um, the therapist came in with this little cup with like a red ball in it that you have to blow into for two hours a day, which was the most boring thing you could imagine doing for two hours a day. And so my best friend from high school and my sister brought in speakers and started playing ABBA, the best of ABBA. And I started singing really bad karaoke in the ICU. And it was just, that's one of the things that I started to do to make things a little bit more fun, but to also get better at the same time. And so while this was happening, I started to realize that my skin had a reaction and completely changed physiologically after I had my spinal cord injury. Because my um, injury is so high up, my skin doesn't react to temperature anymore. And so I can be in a room that's 104 degrees, I won't sweat. And with that, anything and everything that could go wrong with your skin started to go wrong with my skin. It was like the perfect storm. It couldn't release itself of toxins or to rebalance itself at all because sweating is actually very important to regulate your skin and to keep it healthy, but also to detoxify your skin. So my skin looked 10 years older. It was red in areas. It was um, dry and flaky, but oily in others. It was gray and sullen. I didn't look good. And this is about three years after my injury. You know, up until that point, I, I was dealing with this very deep, dark depression, um, dealing with this trauma that happened in my life. And not just in my life, also in my family's life because of me. And so all I wanted to do was to make it better. And so my reaction to make it better was to only do physical therapy eight hours a day. But that wasn't me. I couldn't do that for more than three years because it became very robotic. And I felt like I wasn't using my brain or creativity or anything. But I was essentially shutting myself off from the world. I mean, my friends would want me to go see them or to come to visit me. And I would just say no, that I was too busy. I wasn't too busy. I just didn't want to see anyone. And the day that it all changed was the day that Christopher Reeve suddenly passed away. And I remember I was on my way to Kessler um, Rehab Hospital in New Jersey. And Barbara Walters had just announced that Superman died. And he was my hero. I mean, even, even before my injury, he was, he was everybody's hero. And he was really the voice for people who didn't feel like they had a voice and not just for people who had spinal cord injuries, but he became this champion for what it means to own your own message and to really speak up for yourself. And now that he was gone, I realized that I needed to take responsibility for what happened in my own life. And so I had been asked to be part of this advocacy group in New York and I had ignored this invitation. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to say yes. and I'm going to go to this meeting tomorrow. But then when I got home later that afternoon, I told my mother and I said, I have to put on some real pants because I'd only wear hospital pants. And I had to put on a real shirt because I would wear the same t-shirt every day. 
and I used to shave my head bald every week and I would never look in the mirror. I mean, if I was in a room with a lot of windows, I would avoid looking in the windows because I could see the reflection of just the wheelchair and it would make me burst into tears because that's all I would see. But suddenly that changed and I felt like experiencing the lowest point in my life made me realize that that's not who I am. And so that made me realize that I am strong, I am confident, I'm happy. But when I looked in the mirror to get ready for that meeting, my skin didn't look the way that I felt. And the way that I looked was not projecting that inner strength and that inner confidence that I felt and that I had. And so I turned to my father, who's a medical doctor and a homeopath. And I said, you have to help me because I've tried the $300 creams. I've tried prescription. Um, I've tried natural. I've tried the cheap CVS brands. Nothing's working. And so we just started, you know, looking at different natural ingredients, botanical extracts, and different medicines that we could literally mix in our kitchen in Bronxville and see what would work for me. But I never did this to sell it. I never did it as like, oh, I really want to make a product to sell to other people. This was just something that I was doing for myself um, to make myself look better. But also as part of my psychological and emotional recovery for um, my spinal cord injury. And so to keep myself busy. And after five years, finally things started to look and work for my skin. And, you know, I remember one day I had 12 vials on my desk and suddenly I got to my desk a couple of days later and there were just nine vials on my desk. And then I'm looking at my sister and she's like, yeah, I stole three because I noticed your skin looked better. So I'm going to just going to try. And then her skin started to look better. And so then my mom started to steal some of the vials from my desk. And we were literally like making this stuff in the kitchen and giving it away to my parents' patients because a lot of them are undergoing chemotherapy and are sensitive to a lot of no-no ingredients and many other brands. And so we were just giving it away. And it wasn't until my former boss, um, the editor-in-chief of Harper's Bazaar, called me in to see her and I couldn't afford to hire an aide or a driver or anything. So my sister would drive me around while um, she was in graduate school. And my sister came with me and, and Glenda said, well, you look, you look the same, if not like better than before. You just look like you're sitting, but you're about to stand. And my sister um, said back to her, she said, well, he's not just like sitting around doing nothing. And she took out one of the glass vials she stole and gave it to Glenda. <laughs> then Glenda said, well, if you're using it, I have to try it. So then we had a call. I was really embarrassed. But then I said, you know what, whatever, we just, it happens. But I wasn't there to pitch a product. I wasn't there to say like, oh, I'm making this stuff. It wasn't anything that you could buy at a store. But then we get a call four weeks later that um, Glenda wants to shoot it in the September issue. And I said, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> and then her assistant said, I'm going to put you on the phone with the beauty director. And the beauty director said, I don't care what you say or think. You have six months to make this a thing. <laughs> make it look chic, start selling it, but we're going to be including it whether you like it or not. Oh my gosh, what pressure. I know, I know. You essentially got bullied into starting a brand. <laughs> In the best possible way. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it became one of those things that like, in the same way that my parents were by my bedside in the hospital, I also had this incredible support network from people in the fashion industry that you would assume would be very shallow, were actually incredibly generous, supportive, and deep um, in their kind of meaningful um, support of, of me and of what became Clark's Botanicals. Francesca, what an incredible story, both on a personal level and also as a business story. Like, that's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, um, the cornerstone of everything is what the Jasmine Catalyst Complex is, and that's in all of our products. And getting that right is why it took us five years. Um, so wait, what year did you, what year was this that it appeared in the magazine? Uh, 2009. 
okay, so it was 2009 and it was a five-year road to, to figure out the formulation for this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Tell, yeah. tell me about the Jasmine formula complex. I'm so curious now. I've used the products and I love them, but I've never known the, yeah. the magic, the science behind it. Absolutely. Um, Jasmine Catalyst Complex is an exact um, mixture of jasmine enzymes, which are soothing um, and moisturizing at the same time. Um, Arnica Montana, which we time release to be really great for reactive skin, but it's also fantastic for rebalancing and um, hydrating skin. Um, and then we couple it with time-release niacinamide to help to even out skin tone um, and to really um, perfect the skin. And micronized red algae. And the red algae that we use um, uses and holds more water weight than a typical hyaluronic acid. And so you're really um, hydrating and plumping the dry fine lines and wrinkles. And you're, sure, you're going to start to see an effect around your um, cheekbones, nasal labial lines, but your skin in general just gets that bounce and that glow. Um, and the Jasmine Catalyst Complex just brings out the this glow in your skin that makes your skin the healthiest that it can be. So it's the cornerstone. And in every single product that we make at Clark's Botanicals, um, and we look at overall making our formulations synergistic with all the other active ingredients that we use. So it's really about making your skin look as beautiful as it can be. And, you know, we've always been focused on clean beauty. It's the way that I was raised. Um, clean was never something that people would even knew what it meant. In fact, I didn't know why people would talk about clean beauty a couple of years ago, because for me, it always made sense to think about using the best of nature and the best of science. And so when we started formulating years ago, we inherently never used petroleums or petrolatums, parabens or phthalates. We just didn't use that at all since we started. But I never made a big deal out of it because for me, it was second nature. I mean, in with my parents, I get I still get vitamin IVs after I get blood work done, for example, and but at the same time, if I need antibiotics, I also take antibiotics. So it's about this kind of healthy relationship with being as natural as you can be without having any toxicity with it. Well, I also imagine starting this in your kitchen, you know, you're using things that are understandable as opposed to being like, let's just douse it in some chemicals here. You know, it wasn't the same as starting it in a laboratory. You were literally in your kitchen. You you and your dad were the ones who were putting things in. I'm picturing a mixing bowl, but, you know, however you were doing it. I'm picturing a mixing bowl, too. <laughs> 100%. But it's very important to me that we always abide by the scientific method. Um, and why would you... I mean, the cornerstone of everything that we do at Clark's Botanicals is innovation. And so we always look at supercharging... Um, natural ingredients and botanical ingredients, but we also do clinical tests on all of our products. We do before and after photos on everything. We do consumer perception. And so really looking at what it means to have um, a clean beauty product, a clean skincare product, have clinical testing behind it and before and afters is so much more than just saying, oh, it's clean. I mean, you can have almost any product be clean, but it doesn't mean it's going to work. Yeah. For me, that was very important. That's the whole point of why Clark's Botanicals became a thing is because nothing worked for me. And I needed something that, you know, would, would give me results incredibly quickly, but would also work with my very, very reactive skin. So I am, I am the, the test bunny, you know, for everything. It's, it's, everything has to be used um, and work well with my own skin. Um, and, you know, that's why I am always testing out new products. I'm always um, knee deep in new product development. And I, and I love every aspect of it. 
Okay, let's take a quick ad break. So we have a new sponsor today, and it's ZocDoc. And I have a ZocDoc story that literally happened to me yesterday, and I know this is going to sound completely made up, but I swear it's not. Grace can vouch for me. It's true. It's true. So yesterday, one of the things on my to-do list was that I needed to find a new gynecologist because my old one doesn't take my current insurance. So my first idea was to text a handful of friends to ask for recommendations, including Grace, which is how she knows that my story is true. Mm -hmm. And so I turned up three recommendations, but then after calling each of their offices, I found out that none of them took my insurance because as a sidebar, self-employed insurance really sucks. So I happened to land on ZocDoc and I figured, hey, like might as well. I'm going nowhere fast with these personal recommendations. So I plugged in my insurance, my zip code, and then I wanted a female provider. And voila, I had a page full of options right in front of me and I could make an appointment online without making any more calls and being put on hold from the receptionist. So that was awesome and super convenient, but I think the part that I liked best was the reviews. So I, you know, like it's a gynecologist, like that's an important doctor. I didn't just want any old doctor that fit my criteria, you know, like I wanted a good doctor. So um, the doctor that I landed on had 47 reviews and it made me feel good that I was picking somebody that was actually not just the person who matched all my arbitrary criteria and had an appointment available, but was actually the right person. And the reviews were great. They had reviews on everything from like the doctor's bedside manner to wait times in the office. And yeah, I, I felt really comfortable. So so that's my ZocDoc story that I swear is not made up. And I'm all set with my appointment. It's not until June, um, but it was the easiest thing in the world. So if you've been putting off making a doctor's appointment, I seriously can't recommend this service highly enough. So with ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or on video chat. And you never have to wait on hold with a receptionist again. So whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, a dermatologist, a psychiatrist, an eye doctor, or any other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. Go to ZocDoc.com slash BOP and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash B-O-P. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Back to the episode. So I want to talk a little bit about the business side of this too, because I'm intrigued and you and I have known each other for a while now, but something we've never talked about is how did you fund your business when you were first getting started? How did I, oh, Clark's Botanicals was funded with every jar that we sold. I never, I didn't pay myself at all in the beginning. All the money that I, I mean, and I worked alone and every, every founder and entrepreneur is like, yes, you would like to speak to the manager. Or yeah. the marketing department or production or operations. In the beginning, it's just you. I had also applied for a New York State grant for new businesses. And then there was another very small grant for people with disabilities who were starting businesses. And I remember I had to, you know, I wrote a business plan to apply for these grants. And it was very interesting to go through that process. And it was a great exercise, actually, to really prepare myself for presenting the brand to editors and to retailers and and to speak to customers in general. But it was founded with $10,000. And literally, the only reason why we are where we are is because our customers like our products and our customers support us. Mm-hmm. And I am committed to making sure that we will always make products that our customers like and listening to our customers. So the the support that we have from the people that love Clark's Botanicals is truly something that I cherish. And how did you go from that point where it was just you as a one man show to, you know, getting hiring a distributor and, and, you know, hiring a team and having an office? Like, what was that process like? Well, not very different than it is when you're under quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, It's, it's probably something that we've all become accustomed to, you know, you, even if it's a bigger company and you're under quarantine, we somehow everybody has made it work, working from home. And that's the way that we've always worked with Clark's Botanicals. We've always had a hybrid model of 
you know, going to the city for meetings and we would have weekly meetings at my house here in Bronxville, but we also work remote um, another, you know, most of the week. But, you know, the growth that we had with Clark's Botanicals meant taking risks and pitching the brand to um, QVC, for example, was one of our first inflection points and kind of um, lessons in scaling a brand. And suddenly when I went on QVC and, and I went on air every time, um, and it's, it's so much fun to do, we sold out the first seven times we went on air. And within minutes, we would sell product that would take us a year to sell. Um, the quantities were just massive. I've heard that. I've heard that like, QVC just like drives sig- significant volume. Yeah. And, and there's that sense of directness with the people that are interested in buying and trying your product. And to me, that's a very special kind of connection and relationship. And so it gives me the opportunity to really speak to why did we put these ingredients in this product? And why do you need this product? What makes it different? And how do you use it? And there was this halo effect that suddenly a lot of people started to hear about Clark's Botanicals while we were also getting a lot of editorial mentions and magazines and on online media. And then I wrote a book. And then when I wrote my memoir, even more people started to read about um, how Clark's Botanicals came to be. But it was really more like um, your life kind of path and how you can control your own destiny up to a certain extent and really make the best of what you have. So it kind of all came together and it, it didn't feel like one of those things that, you know, people will ask, like, how much luck is there in that? To me, it didn't feel lucky. It felt like, it felt like the, the small team that was growing at Clark's Botanicals was able to become lucky in getting these new accounts because we also worked really hard. Yeah. I feel like you and your business are just kind of the definition of resiliency. I mean, you survived a recession, you, your company was purchased, and then you actually bought it back. And you and I haven't seen each other since the buyback happened. And I think that's probably the thing I've been most excited to hear from you about is buying your company back and taking back that creative control. And, and um, what made you decide to do that and how it's going? It was... I mean, that was like a soap opera, that entire process, but in the best kind of way. I mean, we had um, different people that were interested in purchasing Clark's Botanicals years ago. And I said yes to one of the offers. And the reason why I agreed to sell was because the brand was growing and it was growing more than I could um, invest in it yeah, for it to scale at the appropriate level. And so I kind of had to look at it from a different point of view. I think, you know, when you're a founder and you're CEO in the beginning, again, you're the only person that's doing, um, all of it. And then maybe you have a team of three of you. Yeah. And then it's still very kind of centered around the founder, but at some point, you start to realize that the business is growing to bigger than that. And if, if that's what you want, and that's what I wanted, I started to realize that it wasn't, it wasn't just about me anymore. It was also about supporting this team that I was lucky to be working with because they were, they are much more talented at me at what they are specialized in. And it's such a fantastic environment to to be in with them that of course I would look at options that would allow the brand to grow so that they could have, you know, this financial support um, and to understand that we were all in this together and that I couldn't really be selfish about it. And so selling the brand meant growing the brand. Um, And then buying it back, the umbrella that was started with two other sister brands, uh, Laura Geller and Julep, 
the umbrella um, had declared insolvency. So they were going to declare bankruptcy. And then I just had to think to myself, you know, what do I want to do? Because Clark's Botanicals is so small, but we were growing so much and we are growing so much where do I really want it to continue in the way that it was, but then not knowing where it would be? Or do I want to buy it back and really kind of ensure this safety for for the team? And so I bought it back and I love it. So wait. To clarify, were you still involved with the brand when it had been purchased or did you kind of t- step oh, yeah. back? I, um, I had remained as CEO um, the entire time that we were purchased. And it was, it was a fantastic experience because it really showed me what it means to have a different scale and understand operations and production and workflows at different levels. And really, I was able to grow the team um, with incredibly dynamic people and made relationships with so many other people in the beauty industry that are lifelong relationships. So I loved it. And so I've heard that when you bought the company back, you reformulated all of the products. So how are they different now? So nothing that Clark's Botanicals makes is ever 100% perfect. And If any brand says that, then I would never believe them. You can never be perfect. And so we are constantly looking at our formulations and we will always be looking at our formulations and always be looking at ways to make them better. How do you perfect them more? How do you improve the efficacy of a formulation? There are many ingredients that are natural today that are much more efficacious on the skin that were not available even three years ago, five years ago. And so we will always look at reformulating, but under the basis of the product has to work better under the improved formulation. And so we looked at what we could do to make things better. And now everything that we make is credo clean and goop clean, um, while also looking at sustainability and also looking at the fact that we went away from using double wall acrylic jars to use in glass jars, for example. The new packaging is so much better. I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even now that we're so much more digital and digitally focused, something as subtle as the color that you use on packaging really translates into a different experience. Mm -hmm. When we first launched, we had this dark green. I remember the Pantone color was 3302C. And our new Pantone color is G. It's like the share of Pantones, like no last name, <laughs> no numbers. Just it's, G. Um, it's C. Um, and so, you know, our green uh, when we launched was this very, very dark forest green. But when it's when the world started to translate to digital, it looked just like a black jar. And so... I'm embarrassed because I thought it was black. And I mean, I've I had a too. lot of interaction with your products, like... I do too. <laughs> I agree with you and I totally agree with you. And the thing is, is that like when we were looking at sustainable packaging, I was always looking for a more vibrant green that we could use because that was my intention the entire time. And so we were able to look at what can we do better? How can we, how can we make our customers happier? How can we make your skin look better by using our multi-purpose products? And we always come at skincare from the archetype of being a heroic product. And for us, the acronym HERO stands for being holistic about self-care. So unlocking that inner superpower. We look for the E is easy for everyday use. We look at multitasking products so that you don't need six products. At most, you'll need three They might cost a little bit more, but you don't need as much time. You don't need as much product, so you end up saving money. The R stands for radically clean, which is what we're always going after. The best of science and the best of nature. And we always adhere to the strictest industry standards. And where the O is obsessed with results. Because if it doesn't work, if our Jasmine Catalyst Complex in all of our products doesn't work for you, why would you ever buy it again? Yeah. I mean, for any any product that you use, if your skin doesn't look better, 
then why would you buy it again? Um, yeah. And so that's, that's why I always look at each product should bring out that inner hero in yourself where you look so good because you feel so good that when you have these mirror moments after you take a shower, you have those like 10 minutes after you shower and you're getting ready in the morning before you open the bathroom door. Those are the only moments that you really have to yourself. And you're kind of imagining this is what I have to do today. And in order to get that done, this is the kind of person that I'm imagining getting it done. But then you realize that it's you. It's just like this amped up heroic version of yourself. But as you're putting on, for me, it's skincare. As you're putting on skincare, you're also realizing that like skincare doesn't hide anything. It's completely transparent. And so you're being completely honest about who you are, but the skincare is helping to bring forth that glow that you feel on the inside, that energy that you feel on the inside to really like explode forward and to really just do whatever you want and achieve whatever you want. All right, let's take one more quick ad break. Today's episode is also sponsored by Uncommon Goods. Uncommon Goods is one of my favorite places online to shop for gifts. They have a huge selection of unique items for just about anyone you might be shopping for. And with Mother's Day coming up on May 9th, I thought our listeners might be in need of some gifting inspiration. Yes, I love that they have so many unique gifts, especially when it comes for shopping for handmade gifts, which my mom tends to really love. So my mom is a very avid gardener. So I bought her a really beautiful ceramic vase, which was handmade, to hold her flowers in, and this amazing harvest basket. I don't know if you saw this on the um, on their website, Becca, but it is absolutely beautiful. And it's made from this wire mesh so that after she like puts all of her vegetables into the basket and stuff and goes to bring them inside, she can actually hose it off. So so she can so she's not bringing like dirty vegetables and produce back into the house. Oh. Um I will also tell you that I love shopping for myself on Uncommon Goods. So I've gotten some very cool puzzles there and I've also gotten some very neat kitchen gadgety type things. And I love that Uncommon Goods helps to support artists and small independent businesses, which is also great because it means their selection is completely unlike anything you'll find anywhere else. Yes. So something I love that I didn't know until we started working with them is that Uncommon Goods is actually a Brooklyn-based company, and they are all about giving back. So with every purchase you make, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice, and they have donated over $2.5 million to date. Uncommon Goods is the place to go for thoughtful, original gifts for everyone in your life. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash BOP. That's uncommongoods.com slash BOP for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, they're all out of the ordinary. Back to the episode. So I'm curious, what is, well, I guess first, what's the gateway product to the brand? And then also, what's your favorite product if it's not the same one? Oh, that is a, those are very difficult, which is my favorite product. I feel like I know the answer, but I don't know. I feel like your favorite is the Smoothing Marine Cream. The Smoothing Marine Cream just won Women's Wear Daily Best Skincare of All Time. I didn't even know that award existed. Yes, it did. It just came out a month ago. And the Smoothing Marine Cream won for Moisturizer. That's amazing. So is that how most people get hooked into the brand? Is that kind of like the one that people tend to try first? It's the first product that I formulated. And it's our best-selling product And the reason why is the 5% sugar-derived glycolic acid in the Smoothing Marine Cream tingles when you put it on. You're really going to feel that it's working when you put it onto your skin. But the reason why we incorporated it into the formulation is because we did not want to include a hyaluronic acid like any other moisturizer. Because when you wash your face at the end of the day, you're washing away a lot of these active ingredients, I wanted to include something that would penetrate the skin and stimulate your skin to make its own hyaluronic acid. And so the 5% sugar-derived glycolic acid is a small enough molecule that's stimulating your skin's production of its own hyaluronic acid. And what that's going to do is really plump up your skin from the inside out. And so if you're using this product on Monday, but not on Tuesday, on Tuesday, you're still going to notice that you have that bounce. Um, Oh, interesting. And you have that younger look that looks more rested, but then you also have glucosamine HCL, which is one of the strongest antioxidants. And you have dehydrated algae microspheres, which attract moisture from the air and they plump up under your skin. 
but they also help to boost collagen production and they give you long lasting hydration. So you're looking at a moisturizer that really is a hybrid of a serum plus moisturizer in one. And so when you look at the before and after photos of using this for just four weeks, you start to see this like luminosity and it looks like you went to Bali, but you didn't. You just put on moisturizer. And now what's your current favorite product in your own routine? Okay, so this changes for, you know, with the season because I have very combination reactive skin. The Jasmine Vital Oil is my favorite product right now. It's our newest launch, but that's not why it's my favorite. We've been developing it for five years, four and a half years. And the Jasmine Vital Oil is my go-to because all you need is three drops. You warm it up in your hands. You press it onto your skin as your final step. And it acts like candlelight in a bottle. A lot of our female customers love it because you can put it on before makeup and you can press it on over makeup. It doesn't melt. It's a very, it's a 10 blend small molecule oil formulation where it doesn't look greasy. I'm wearing it right now. It doesn't look oily or greasy. It just kind of soaks in. But Mm -hmm. the niacinamides help to even out your skin tone. The Arnica Montana helps to kind of soothe and balance your skin. And the Jasmine enzymes really help to give you that more youthful, smooth, lifted look on your skin. It does it really quickly. And we have a four milliliter size and a 30 milliliter size, but the four milliliter size, it's so cute, but you you can like put it in your pocket and just apply it whenever you want during the day. So it's easy. It's, it's very portable. Can you refill it from the larger size? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's actually a great tip. But yes. I just always like that when it, cause it's annoying if you have to repurchase those little, those cute little bottles. I just like to refill them. Yes, definitely. Um, so wait, what's next? Do you have any exciting product news coming up or sneak peeks you can share with us? We always like the inside scoop. Um, well, we just launched um, our Ultra Rich Lip Balm today. Ooh. And um, we used to make a lip balm before, but now we formulated this, our new Ultra Rich Lip Balm, which, you know, it's it's very difficult to make a lip balm that penetrates your lips and plumps you long-lasting hydration while healing because a lot of typical formulations will have, the older formulations will have petroleum or petrolatum. A lot of the newer ones will have kind of this shea butter base or just like a butter base, but they don't have a lot of active ingredients. So they're just kind of sitting on top of your lips and they're not really doing anything. But what I like about the ultra rich lip balm is that we're able to suspend active ingredients that are time release in this natural shea butter that we were able to really make it into a soft lip balm that goes on. It's on a slanted soft tip applicator, but when you put it on, it vanishes into your lips. We'll give you this very soft sheen, but the active ingredients are penetrating to give you multiple hours of hydration and healing. And that's what I love about the oil too, is that, The oil is a serum and oil hybrid in one, where typically an oil is just acting like an occlusive, where you put it on your skin, it's kind of like saran wrap, where it's locking in moisture and not letting moisture escape from your skin. What we were able to do was to suspend active ingredients in our Jasmine Vital Oil to really have the active ingredients penetrate the skin and then use the occlusive nature of the 10 blend of oils to lock in the actives so the actives don't evaporate. So you're getting the best of a serum with the best of an oil. And that means that you need less product and you get better results. I'm very excited to try this jasmine oil. Yeah. I've I've been sold. I'm also excited about the lip balm. I feel like my lips have been really dry. I mean, it's so portable because you can like dab it on your cheekbones. You can, a lot of makeup artists that use our lip balm, use it on cheekbones as a natural highlighter on like eyelids a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, it's great for taming eyebrows as well, but it's one of those multi use products that you can have in your pocket. So it's, you know, the fact that it plumps up your lips and plumps up dry fine lines and wrinkles means that wherever you put it, you get long lasting hydration as well. 
So we're winding down, but we would be remiss if we didn't ask you about um, some of your charitable work that you do and Clark's Botanicals does, and specifically with the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation that you mentioned Christopher Reeve earlier. Can you talk to us a little bit about those organizations and the work you're doing? Absolutely. The Christopher Reeve Foundation is something that is so near and dear to my heart and, you know, is the core of why I looked in the mirror that that day and I wanted to do something about my skin. And so connecting um, Clark's Botanicals to the Christopher Reeve Foundation is something that was second nature to me. And I emailed the CEO, Peter Wilderotter, and he came over to my parents' house and I met with him for two and a half hours and I met all the directors. And then they asked me to become one of their national ambassadors. And so I said, you know, that's great, but that's not enough. So I want to give, I want to support the Reef Foundation even more. And so we give a portion of proceeds as well as product donation to them every year indefinitely. I mean, that's something that's part of my life mission to connect my former life in fashion, my spinal cord injury, and my new life in the beauty industry to help find a cure for spinal cord injuries. And to really make people understand that they have a voice, to make anybody realize that they have a voice. And so the Reef Foundation helps to find um, and fund a cure while giving you a voice and, and it really funds the care and the cure. So it looks for, you know, the, the cure and the care, which means being happy today while looking forward to tomorrow. Very cool. So I think we have, we have come to the end of our time, but can you please, please, please tell people where they can find you on the internet, where they can find Clark's Botanicals products on the internet and anything they can do to support you. And I also hear that you have a discount code for our listeners. Yes. Um, you can find us at clarksbotanicals.com. And, you know, we have subscription discounts when you subscribe for more than a month. Um, you can cancel whenever you want. You can return products whenever you want. It's 100% uh, money back guaranteed. So we look forward to you trying the product. And we do have a special discount. We're, we're very excited to extend BOP20 for 20% off any Clark's Botanicals products on clarksbotanicals.com. Amazing. And what if people want to find you? Do you have like a public social media profile on Instagram or Twitter? Yeah, my Instagram is Mr. Francesco Clark. Okay, so definitely go follow him. And more importantly, go pick up my favorite product, the moisture mask. And Grace, do you have a favorite product that people should check out? My my favorite product is also the moisture mask, but they're all great. I've tried, I've tried, I think just about everything in the line. So and let us know if you try and what you think. Thank you. Oh, I just loved talking to Francesco. Um, it was really fun having him on. I have heard about him indirectly through you for so many years. So it was really interesting to get to meet him and hear his story directly from him, even though I knew it indirectly. Yeah, like I knew the story from him, like just like face to face, like drinks conversations and like also just through like PR efforts. But like having him just sit and tell the story today like I was like tearing up yeah it's an incredible story yeah so shall we move into some end matter here yeah let's do it I don't have an Instagram but it looks like you do I do mine is a Charleston based photographer and Alicia Ramos actually recommended her to me because she was like I don't know if you need a photographer down there but you should check out this woman Laura Soar and um her Instagram is LCS underscore studio, and we've never worked together, but I just love her feed. It's really, really beautiful, and her photography is incredible. I um, mean, it's it's very Charleston-y, so if you're not into Charleston photos, like, you might not care about this, but the photos are beautiful. Oh, I'll have to check her out. What are you obsessed with off of Instagram? I have two little ones. So the first thing is... I, I had my period last week, and this one afternoon, I was like, I need candy immediately or I'm going to perish. Like, I was so dramatic <laughs> about it. Like, I just needed candy. And so I yeah. went to Dwayne Reed, and I ended up getting a very random assortment of things. Um, but one of the things I got is I didn't realize that they make these. They're mini peppermint patties. And so they come – How many are they? They're like uh, – 
this the, the size of like a mini Ritz cracker. Okay. Cute. Um, like the size of a nickel, maybe. I love um, miniature food. Well, so anyway, they come in a so I love your peppermint patties, but they come in a bag, and so they're not individually wrapped. And it's like a resealable bag. And so I can just shove the whole thing in the freezer. And then I can just like go in and take out like five. And I like miniature things because then I feel like I can eat more of them versus like just having Mm -hmm. one big peppermint patty. Yeah. And I feel like a giant. I don't know. I didn't know that they made them in a mini size. And I'm very amped about it. I like that they're not individually wrapped too. too. So you can like fit more in your mouth. You can just like take a little handful. Take a little handful and just shove it in your mouth. Exactly. So that was one of my discoveries from last week. And then the other thing that I'm obsessed with, have you listened to the Girls Gotta Eat episode from, well, I guess at this point it'll be last week. No. So Girls Gotta Eat is one of our favorite podcasts and and we're friends with both of the hosts, but they had um, this episode with a female porn star and her name is Asa Akira. Okay. They, Raina had been telling me about this, that this was coming for a long time. And I'm excited. It was such a good interview. It was such a good interview. The woman was so dynamic and so interesting. And, you know, of course, it's like it's just as salacious as you would expect. But I was fascinated. I was fascinated. I put it on. What was I doing? I was cleaning. I was doing something. And I I put it on and I only had like a half an hour worth of stuff to do. And the episode was like an hour and a half. And then I just sat down and I was just like sitting on my couch listening because I couldn't turn it off because I was fascinated. Oh, wow. It's really good. So if you're listening, if you're looking for another podcast episode, once you finish this one, highly recommend it. My obsession this week is also a podcast and that is Ayana Lodge's podcast, which is Asked by Ayana. And have you listened to it at all yet? No, I haven't listened to it yet. I downloaded both of the first two episodes because Olivia Mentor is the Mm -hmm. first one and then you're the second one. And so I've been meaning to listen, but I'm shamefully behind. And Ayana just texted me while we were on this. So now I feel even more guilty. (laughs) And she just had Lindsay Silberman on who did Hotel Lobby Candle Company and her blog's great. So I I feel like she's picked really great guests so far. All people, I mean, I'm, I am biased because everyone she's had on so far is a friend, but um, I am really excited to um, hear more. And I think that she's such a good interviewer. Uh, yeah, I love her videos on Instagram. So I'm very excited to see her in a longer format. Yeah. Hear her in a lo- longer format, I guess. Yeah. What about on the reading front? I'm still in my reading rut. I'm still reading delicious. Surprise, surprise. I just, it's like when there's boxes and stuff to do around the home, that's what I do. Um, I'm not cheating on it with TV or even like drinking with friends. It's, I just, I'm just in it. You don't need to justify it. I mean, I think we both read an excessive amount and. It's also been only a few days since we last recorded because our schedule is kind of funky. True. Um, so I'm hoping that by the time this episode airs, I'm going to be out of this out of this funk. I hope so too. Yeah. How about you? I got out of my funk. So I finished the final revival of Opal and Nev by Donnie Walton, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it's an oral history of a fictitious band or duo, I guess, um, that kind of came to prominence in the early 70s. And um, it's told both as a history, but then in the current time period, they're getting ready to uh, make a comeback appearance at a music festival, um, like kind of a Coachella-type festival. So there's like a contemporary story about them in present day versus like them in their very early 20s. And okay. really liked it. Yeah. And so then on Sunday after I finished that, I started a book called Eliza Starts a Rumor by Jane L. Rosen. And okay. I think you would really like this book. So it's a book about um, this group of women who live in uh, the Hudson Valley. And the main woman, Eliza, is – Um, has adult children who have gone off to college, and she runs a message board for parents um, called, like, the Hudson Valley Ladies Message Board. And the whole premise of the book is that she gets wind of this competing message board, and um, she starts a rumor on hers that is totally fake, but it, like, sets the town ablaze with all of these speculations. Ooh. Um, 
And I think you would really like it because it it has a lot to do with like internet communities and mm-hmm. kind of like the salaciousness and also like the um, aggression aggression that can happen in some of these communities. There's like there's a story for everyone in this. There's like a love story. There's a me too story. There's like parenting stories. Like it's um it kind of reminded me of how could she in a very indirect way and in that it was like a book that followed a bunch of different women who all had very different lives. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that sounds great. So I read it in a day. I really enjoyed it. Okay. And now I'm not reading anything. <laughs> We're going to get out of these ruts. Well, no, I feel like I'm out of mine. That was – You're read, out of yours. I read a book and a half over the weekend. I just haven't yeah, read anything yeah. since then. I guess I'm just speaking to myself here. <laughs> You'll get out of it. But, but if, if you are looking for a book to read, you listener, not you, Grace, um, this month for our April book club, we are reading Delicious by Ruth Reichel. And so we're going to be talking about this book next week in our book club episode. And Ruth Reichel is the former and last editor of Gourmet Magazine. And she wrote um, many much beloved memoirs, including Save Me the Plums and Garlic and Sapphires. And this is her first and only, as far as I know, fiction book. And um, I've kind of equated it to The Devil Wears Prada in the food world. So Mm -hmm. it's about a young girl who uh, is an outsider and takes a job as the assistant to the editor-in-chief at this food magazine, which is called Delicious. And uh, while she's there, she's learning the ropes. But she also happens upon this discovery of a cache of letters that were written by an 11-year-old girl to the famed chef James Beard during World World War II. And so there's also like a little historical fiction plotline as well as she like reads these letters and tries to put together who Lulu was. Yes. So it's a very Uh, fun book. It's such a fun book. So that is our April Book Club pick. And uh, in the meantime, if you'd like more of us, come join us on Instagram. We're at Bad on Paper Podcast. Come join our Facebook group where we're talking about books and books and more. Yeah, do it. Okay. See you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.